This is Gina Marie Rodriguez, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. You may know today's guest from a segment on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert called First Drafts. Or perhaps you'll recognize her infectious off-screen laughter from that same show in the early days of the pandemic, way back when The Late Show was still filming from the Colbert's family home in Montclair, New Jersey. That's right. It's the one and only Evelyn McGee Colbert, known to friends, family, and her fans as Evie. Among her many roles, Evie is a founding board member of Montclair Film and an arts advocate for the state of New Jersey. Joining me just after getting off a plane, looking stunning on a Zoom call, she joked that she'd rushed home and put on lipstick just for me. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to keep our video on because I was crouching under a blanket on my basement floor hoping to capture some decent audio. And now that I've exposed the secrets of podcasting, let's discuss Montclair Film and their upcoming benefit, An Evening with Daniel Craig and Stephen Colbert at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center in Newark, New Jersey. The special event is a fundraiser benefiting the nonprofit organization, closing out the week-long Montclair Film Festival. Kicking off with the screening of Craig's latest film, The Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, the festival takes place from October 21st through October 28th, offering a plethora of programming, including hundreds of films and conversations with the likes of Daniel Craig, Eddie Redmayne, and Brendan Fraser, to name a few. Let's just jump right into it, right? Why not? Yeah, sure. Why not? So you're one of the uh, founding board members of Montclair Film Fest, correct? Correct. That's so exciting. And I think you guys are reaching your 11th your eleventh year because last year yeah. was your 10th anniversary. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we worked on it for a year, maybe 18 months before we had our first festival. So the idea has been percolating for over, about 12, over 12 years. But yes, this will be our 11th festival. That's right. Oh, that's so huge. That's so exciting. So congratulations. Thank you. Of course. But in that 11-year tenure, I think this is the first event that you're hosting at NJ Pack. So I'm curious how that collaboration came about. Well, it's interesting. It's not really our first event at NJ Pack, but it's our first event at NJ Pack during the festival. So we have had um, seven other fundraisers with NJ Pack. Um, Stephen has had what we sort of call our celebrity conversation. It's been a fundraiser we've done. We've actually done it, I think, 10 times. And we started at the Wellmont in Montclair. Then we moved it to NJ Pack a few years after that. And we this will be our seventh one that we've collaborated on with NJ Pack. But in the past, we did it in December. And then we had our festival in May. But then, you know, like so many organizations, COVID upended everything, including our calendar. We canceled our festival in May of 20, for obvious reasons. Then we had a virtual festival in October of 20 that was just, you could see the movies over Zoom or, you know, virtually, or we did a few drive-ins, but it was a very abridged, very short festival. Then last year, and, and we found October was actually a better time for us. So we have permanently moved the festival to the dates this year. It's October 21st through October 30th. That time is better for us for, for a number of reasons. Um, particularly uh, people's schedules. You know, May is a very difficult time for people given graduations and weddings and all those kind of things. And in addition, we found that October, uh, we slot in during the sort of big film push when when studios are pushing their films for award season. And so we can get some bigger name films. So we have decided to stay in October and what we did this year, it's the first time we've ever done this, we decided to put our fundraiser in the festival. So because we felt that the first week of December was too soon to have another event after the festival at the end of October, 
and frankly, because Netflix has been so wonderfully helpful to us and collaborative with us, and they had this amazing film, and Daniel Craig was out doing press on the film, we thought, let's make this a fundraiser and stick it at the very end or almost at the end of the festival. So that's why it seems new, um, but it's it's sort of, it's a new version of it, if that makes sense. We've, we've worked with NJPAC before. They're wonderful partners with us. They're very generous. We're thrilled to be back there. It's been three years since we've even had a fundraiser. So we really need this fundraiser for obvious reasons in terms of lost revenue during the, the lean years of COVID. Um, but we love we love being in Newark and we love collaborating with NJPAC. So that's kind of how we found ourselves there this coming October 28th. That's a long answer. <laughs> no, but it's a good answer. I appreciate you correcting me. I had realized that it had never been during the festival before. And I, I think that's that is what threw me. So I appreciate the explanation. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. And the film you mentioned is The Glass Onion starring that's, uh, Daniel Craig. That's correct. So we're opening the festival festival with that film this Friday night, October 21st. That will be our opening night film. We're showing that at the Wellmont Theater in Montclair. And we're hoping that people, when they see the film, uh, will then go see the the, the conversation with Stephen the, the next week, you know, um, because there's going to be, it's, it's a conversation about the whole, his whole career, but obviously we'll talk a little bit about that. They'll talk about that film as well. Of course. And so this is also a tribute to Daniel Craig, though, correct? Yes, correct. So we've done this a couple of times before, never to an actor. We gave a tribute award to Richard Curtis a few years ago. I'm going to say four, but I may have to double check. And then during COVID, we or when we had a virtual festival, we we honored Aaron Sorkin with a tribute award as well. Um, but those have never been at NJPAC, and they were directors, not actors. So this is slightly new for us. Um, I think the reason, obviously, Daniel Craig has an extraordinary career, and we wanted to acknowledge the breadth and depth of his career. Um, he's been a wonderful James Bond, but he's done a lot of other things as well. So we felt that the Tribute Award was a way to recognize such an extraordinary film career and to um, thank him for coming in the middle of his busy press tour for this movie and sharing his time with us. So uh, we'll be awarding him this Tribute Award on Saturday night, on Friday night, October 28th. I was just thinking, I don't know what made me think of it, but you mentioning um, how wonderful Daniel Craig's career has been. I remember when I was a kid, the first thing I saw him in before he was the Daniel Craig was a kid in King Arthur's court. And for oh, wow. some reason, my mind just flashed back to that movie, which by the way, I was in love with and in love with him. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think I've seen that one, but uh, he he's done so many things. It's extraordinary. And I was actually just saying to Stephen when we were flying home just now, what's interesting to me about Daniel Craig is he's so enormously talented. Um, but when you look back to, um, you know, when he first became James Bond, he was sort of the the rough around the edges James Bond and the newly named James Bond in the narrative of the movie. Um, and his career was sort of like playing, he'd done a lot of tough guy stuff. And what I think is so interesting is the way he expanded and sort of developed this new dimension of this iconic character, James Bond, that we've all known for 50 plus years and made him 
his own version of James Bond, which is a little bit rough around the edges. He's a little, he's a little not quite as oily smooth as some of the other actors, you know, he's um, still incredibly, you know, he's got all the sexiness, he's got all the uh, suave, but he's also a little bit of a bull, like a bull in a china shop, you know? And I, when I look back to his earlier work, I feel like he brought that to James Bond, you know, the kind of thug quality to it, you know, instead of the debonair kind of thing, which he can do too. I just find that brings the character to life in a wonderful way. To this day, he's still the only James Bond that I know. And not because I, I've, I know who the other actors are. I just wasn't a Bond person. So I had never watched a Bond movie until Daniel Craig. So that's, that's my little, uh, he's your guy. He's your, he's your, your bond, yeah. Yes, ever since a kid in King Arthur's court, I'm dating myself and him. He yeah. won't like that, but <laughs> um, I wanted to know beyond the conversation at happening at NJPAC the evening with uh, Stephen Colbert and Daniel Craig. Are there other events that are tied to this tribute um, beyond the conversation and beyond Glass Onion that people can check out in Montclair? Oh yeah. Well, we have our whole schedule. So the film open, I mean, the festival opens on Friday night with Glass Onion, but then we have over 130 films running for the next 10 days. Wow. Um, We have, I know it's an incredible lineup. We've got on this Saturday, we're showing The Good Nurse with Eddie Redmayne and Eddie Redmayne will be here in Montclair. Stephen is doing a post screening Q&A with him um, about that film. That film is really interesting. It's based on a real story of a nurse, unfortunately from New Jersey, who Ooh. killed over a hundred people by giving them lethal injections and was did it for years, never got caught until oh for my years. gosh. I don't it's know kind of, what I was expecting you to say, but it was not that. <laughs> no, I know. It's a little it's it's yeah, it's it's a crazy story. Wow. Yeah. And then on Sunday we have um we're showing a film called The Whale with Brendan Fraser. This is an amazing uh film that tells the story of a guy who is a morbidly obese person and his attempt to kind of rebuild his relationship with his estranged daughter. I have not seen the film myself, but I know that in the, at the Venice Film Festival, Brendan Fraser received like a 10-minute standing ovation. It, it was the, the toast of the festival. We, and he will be here. We're incredibly excited about having him in Montclair. He is someone who's had such an interesting career and and uh, this is such a big moment for him, I think. There's a lot of chatter about Oscar buzz. And so, you know, that's a very exciting film to see. But then there are lots of other, I mean, those are sort of our big, big, big movies this weekend, but we've got very interesting conversations. We've got um, tons of documentaries. We're showing a documentary called Patrick and the Whale. We don't have Whales are not the theme of the festival. We just happen to have these two films that have whale in the title. But that's a that's a more of a sort of a nature kind of doc about about a whale. And then we have um, some conversations. Uh, we have a really interesting conversation with Huma Abedin and Zane Asher, two female journalists who have written books, and we'll be talking to each other about their books. Zane Asher is a CNN anchor and lives in Montclair. And Huma Abedin, remember. Uh, famously sort of worked with Hillary Clinton up until 2016. So anyway, those two women will be here. That'll be really interesting conversation as well. Um, So there's just a lot to see. There's something sort of for everything. One of the things we really focus on with our festival is that it's accessible to all people. We're not the kind of festivals that you hear about sort of um, 
what what you think of as more of an industry festival where there's studio executives trying to buy films. Our films are screened for the audience and for the filmmakers themselves. And so we really work hard to make it easy to get into things. We don't have velvet ropes. We don't have exclusive VIP events. And we have a very broad range of of topics and interests so that I we really hope there's something for anyone, regardless of your age or what you're interested in. So that's kind of our mission is to be a place where you can come see films that you might not otherwise see. I really respect that about your festival, too, because as a filmmaker, I mean, you guys are the gold standard. I would love to to have one of my films screen at Montclair. Uh, and I think that that speaks a lot about uh, the festival itself and the community that you've built in and around Montclair and in New Jersey itself. It's just you have a wonderful reputation. And well, thank you so much. And it is it, it really is interesting. It Right from the beginning, when we when we came up with this idea, we wanted a place that would um, stimulate community, but also stimulate conversations and understanding and, you know, seeing things that you might not otherwise see, hearing things you might not otherwise hear. The, the idea of, of empathy and, and understanding people who are different from you. And so we wanted very much to be a festival that would give filmmakers an opportunity to hear back from audience members because Montclair has, a, and it's not just Montclair, we have people come from all over New Jersey and New York to our festival, but we have a very discerning audience, people who are very eager to talk about what they've seen and give impressions. And so that's kind of the environment we strive to create exactly is that sort of one of one of community, both with the people who are seeing the films and the people who've made the films. So I hope you will submit your films to us because we'd love to have you in our festival. Of course, of course. Now that I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I'm lucky. I don't make those decisions. So I'm happy for anyone to submit their film. We have Tom Hall, our artistic director, has a program programming committee. Every film is looked at by at least two people, sometimes three. But I myself am not on the programming committee. So um, I get the joy of watching them once they've done the hard work of screening all of our submissions. Right, right. That's so good to know, too. You mentioned um, that the films are screened by at least two two people on the <laughs> programming committee. I used to run uh, the Westfield International Film Festival for oh. eight-ish years. Um, wow. And that was a question that, that we got often uh, from filmmakers. How do you adjudicate films? And I think uh, it's good for the filmmakers listening to to hear that. Yes. So submit your film to Montclair Film Fest, guys. Right, right. And sometimes more than two. You know, we have, we have a volunteer committee that looks at a lot of films, but then we have a, a staff of three people who see everything. So not every film is viewed by all three of them, but every film is viewed by at least two of them and hopefully by another screener, a volunteer screener, a board member usually. So we really do make a point of, it's not just one person's artistic point of view. In other words, we're, we're not a festival that's curated by one person's taste. So we have, um, we make a point again of making sure we have diversification in terms of the people who are making the decisions as well as the kinds of films we show. Thankfully, that's, <laughs> I think that's really great. Uh, who who wants to see just one person's perspective? You know, that's why we listen to, to stories and hear from different people. We want to see what else is out there in the world? And and that brings me to my next question, which I apologize for not knowing. Are, do you also feature foreign films or are they U.S.-based? We do have foreign films. We don't have a ton of them, but we do have foreign films. We have, um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. I can't, but we have, you know, subtitled films. The answer is yes. <laughs> um, 
We have a wonderful film called Afghan Dreamers, but I don't know if it's technically a foreign film, but it's about the women of Afghanistan and a robotics um, competition. It's a really interesting mm. film. Um, but yes, the answer is yes. We definitely have foreign films. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. That's what <laughs> always happens. It'll probably come to you after we hang up. <laughs> and that's exactly. totally okay. Exactly. <laughs> back to, because I'm going to keep coming back to this tribute, what can audiences expect from An Evening with Daniel Craig and Stephen Colbert? Can you give us an idea of what? Yeah. Well, for one thing, um, it's a model that Stephen's done a lot very effectively. We, we basically, it's a, it's a conversation. It's about a 60-minute conversation, and then they will pause and take about 30 minutes of questions from the audience. And it's a wonderful opportunity to do a deep dive into, in this case, Daniel Craig's career and his life and his perspectives. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the call, we've done this event. Uh, this will be our 11th one. And, you know, we've had everybody from Jimmy Fallon and John Oliver and Meryl Streep and Julie Louis-Dreyfus and J.J. Abrams. And what's so interesting is it's not just a, a talk about their career. It ends up being a conversation about their values and their interests and their advice. Almost every single person has advice for people in the audience whether they want to be an actor, a writer, a performer, a director. there's oh, it's, a, it's a conversation about how to do that. And in particular, Stephen and Daniel Craig have a very playful relationship. He's been on Stephen's show a few times. And they, um, I think they'll have fun with each other. You know, they, Daniel Craig has done a couple of um, fun sort of, I don't, for lack of a better word, sort of like bits on The Late Show with Stephen. So they've, they've played around together before. Um, I, I think they'll have a playful quality to it. it. It should be a lot of fun, but in particular, I think it'll also be a chance to hear from someone with the, the, the kind of career Daniel Craig has had, which is, you know, a real movie star, <laughs> what it's like to do those huge, big budget movies and what it's like to do all the physical bits of being James Bond. And, you know, the, I can think of tons of questions I would want to ask. So I'm sure everybody will have a lot of things they're interested in. And I bet you in an hour, they'll touch on a lot of it. I can only imagine. There's already a million questions running through my mind, and I'm really hoping that I can get there. That's on October 28th. Right. At the NJ Pack. So the the discussion with the two of them, that's also a benefit, which you mentioned earlier. But for those of us who, for some reason, maybe can't make it out to the show, is there a way that we can support um, Montclair Film Fest? Because I know you're a nonprofit. So how else Absolutely. can we support? Oh, we'd be so grateful. So our website is montclairfilm.org. And we have a link right on the website to donate. We are in the midst of a capital campaign, which, um, you know, is a, a large fundraising effort because one year ago we took over the Claridge Theater in Montclair. It's a small art house movie theater with six screens. And we've been running it now for a year, 365 days a year showing films. And we are raising money to um, pay for the renovations for that theater. The theater is a hundred years old today. And during COVID, it, the, the, chain, the movie theater chain that had been running it left and left it empty. And it was basically in, in risk of being turned into offices or nail salon. So we basically rushed to raise enough money to get the work done and then sort of went into our reserves to pay for the renovation. So we're now doing a capital campaign to pay for, for resurrecting this theater. We are um, starting a chair campaign where we're um, encouraging people to underwrite or quote unquote, buy a chair in the movie theater. 
Um, that'll be on the website. You can see how to do it. Uh, it's a chance for people to get, you know, any size gift is meaningful and important to us and grateful. We'd be grateful for any kind of support. So there are all kinds of different opportunities. You can name a whole theater for yourself if you want to, or you can buy a chair or a row of chairs, or you can just support our education programs. We have a very robust educational program where we teach uh, middle school kids, high school kids and adults um, filmmaking and storytelling and podcasting and um, screenwriting, all kinds of classes. So that also is a very important part of what we do as a nonprofit organization. So we actively fundraise for those programs as well. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you about uh, your view on arts education, but thank you for that. I'm sure that everyone in the field is very appreciative, especially in New Jersey. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, I think, well, you mentioned that you actually work with Amory Miller, who I also work with. Mm -hmm. um, but the New Jersey Arts and Culture Recovery Fund, that was yeah. a mouthful, but I think I got it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I know you were instrumental in in creating that recovery fund. Sure, sure. So back in, uh, wow, when did the curtain come down? March of 20, I guess, right? When we all were in COVID lockdown. Governor Phil Murphy asked me to join his Restart and Recovery Commission, which was hugely flattering for me. And I realized kind of when I saw the other luminaries who were on that committee, people, you know, like Jay Johnson and Ben Bernanke and anyway, very impressive people. I was the only one really representing the arts and culture sector. So I called in some friends. One of them was Anne-Marie, John Schreiber, Allison Tratner from the New Jersey uh, State Arts Council to basically um, help me advocate for support for the arts and culture sector during COVID and after COVID. And I still do that. I still work as an advocate, um, as a volunteer advocate for the sector. And the Arts and Culture Recovery Fund was an idea that came out of uh, initially uh, Jeremy Grunin of the Grunin Foundation gave the seed money for the fund. The fund is located in the Princeton Community Foundation. It's now actually called, I think it's Arts and Renewal Fund, because basically, you know, hopefully COVID is over. But what's interesting about the arts is that people aren't coming back to the arts in the numbers that they did before COVID. So I'm not going to say that every arts organization has recovered. They certainly haven't. I know Mockler Film certainly hasn't. And so this is another fund that is looking to support arts and culture organizations in the state of New Jersey as they try to get their feet back under them after the two, two and a half years of COVID and how it disrupted people's theater going and performance going habits, as well as other ways of, of raising money, you know, not able to have fundraisers and galas and that kind of thing. So this fund is a fund created to help support arts and culture in New Jersey. Thank God for you. I, I mean, and for, you know, for everyone on this team, I'm yeah. I'm just grateful that we've all been through the trauma that has been the pandemic yeah. and the arts suffered in a way that I don't think anyone could have ever predicted. And I, it is, it's hard to come back from that, but I'm so grateful that there are people like you out there who are working towards, um, assisting and and rebuilding the arts community and making sure that people have access to all of those stories and um, well I will I will say I am so impressed and and frankly moved by the vibrancy of the arts community in the state of New Jersey and the collaborative work I mean people try to help each other and um, especially during COVID, our organizations would share information. One of the things we did 
during COVID is we created a, a group of leaders of arts organizations and we met with them periodically to say, what, what, how's it going out there in the trenches? And then we would report back to the governor and his, and his team about what we were hearing from the art sectors, basically what Art Pride and what Anne-Marie Miller does all the time. But we had this group of leaders and I was, I just was so moved by the way everybody was so happy to help everybody else, right? It's not a competitive, you know, I'm going to do this play and you can't do it kind of thing. It's a really wonderful and vibrant community and it's a great sector. And there's so much in New Jersey in the way of arts. I don't think people know how much there is. Oh, 1000%. I was just going to say that every time I speak to someone outside of New Jersey and I tell them that I'm in the film industry or I'm in the art sector, uh, they're always like, why? <laughs> you know, why aren't you in New York? Why aren't you in LA? Why aren't you out here? But they don't understand. They don't understand. I mean, and and there is so much exciting work being done in New Jersey. You know, it's it's really, it's a place for innovation in some ways, maybe because it's not as expensive as it is in New York, but it's also, I think there are great artists who live and want to work where they live. And, you know, we have a, a present, presently a governor who supports the arts tremendously. And, you know, they're, they're putting in tax credits to bring film to back to New Jersey and filmmaking back to New Jersey. They're being studios being built. So it's a really great place to live and work as an artist. Absolutely. This is the time to move to New Jersey, guys. That's right. That's right. That is absolutely true. You're outside of the state and you're listening to us. Come on in. Come on back. That's right. Or come on in. That's right. <laughs> um, so that's really everything that I wanted to talk to you about. I don't want to keep you forever. I want you to be able to rest. But is there <laughs> anything that I missed that you really want to highlight about Montclair Film, about uh, the NJ Pack, about whatever you'd like? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered it all. I just want to encourage everybody to come to as many things as they can starting Friday, but for the 10 days between October 21st and October 30th. Uh, but in particular, this fundraiser is going to be really exciting. And Daniel Craig doesn't do this very much. So I think this is a rare, really rare opportunity to hear more about him, get to know him and to support Montclair Film, which we'd be so grateful for. So, um, you know, clear your calendar for the next 10 days. That's what I always tell everybody is rest up because you're going to be busy watching <laughs> movies. <laughs> um, but there's a lot to do. So please go to MontclairFilm.org and check out our listing and um, come come join us. It'll be a lot of fun. That sounds so wonderful. And I can't wait to to go to your website and get my tickets. I am looking forward to it. You have been wonderful. Thank you so much Thank for taking you. the time to speak with me. My pleasure. Thank you for making the time. I hope it's not hot under your blanket. <laughs> I'm a little warm, which is why I might be brushing you off. <laughs> no, but I get it. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for putting lipstick on for me. I'm sorry I didn't put my makeup on for you <laughs> hiding under my blanket. Not but, at all. Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Of course. It was lovely to meet you virtually to chat with you. Uh, and hopefully I will talk to you again. I hope so. I would look, look forward to that. Thank you. To learn more about Montclair Film and their programming, be sure to visit montclairfilm.org. You can also find their website and social media linked in our story notes. If you liked this episode, be sure to review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, links relevant to the story, and more about the arts in New Jersey can be found at jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. 
The show was co-founded by and is currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted and produced by Gina Marie Rodriguez. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and C. Stroud. I'm Gina Marie Rodriguez for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening.